Welcome to the Subject to Revision podcast. In a society marred with cancel culture, we hope to be a beacon of light. It is here where we will share stories of forgiveness, redemption, and new perspective. We will use our experiences to remind us all of the human condition, one where mistakes and grievances are the seeds of growth and change. Together, we hope to poke through the dark veil of condemnation and show the light that glistens on the other side. Hi, Dr. Ashley. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh. Uh, this is exciting for me. So the audience, right? We already spoke about how large it is. <laughs> <laughs> I like that size. I'm, I'm right. comfortable with that size. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's a good size audience. Um, Dr. Ashley is my chiropractor. Yes. And uh, somehow, some way, we got into a conversation about this podcast, the Subject uh-huh. to Revision podcast. And yep. um, I... Kind of in jest that if you ever want to do it, you just let me know. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, I saw you and you're like, I want to do it. So why would you want to do this thing? <laughs> so by, I don't think I said I want to do it. I think I said, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. I, I think that's, that's what fair. I said. They're, and those are two different things. Those so are, are two different things. We're doing it even though in spite of your <laughs> desire Correct. to do it. Yes. So um, my dad recently passed away. And he would always encourage me to try new things. And so after we had that first conversation about your podcast and I listened to your podcast, I was one intrigued that just anybody can do a podcast. Okay. I mean, not, I'm not discounting you, Mark. And anyway, yeah, I feel discounted. Um, It's a a coupon rate podcast. But, but for my age, I'm pretty technologically moronic. Okay. Okay. So I was like, well, that's kind of cool that he, he's an Apple guy and lo and behold, he has this podcast and that's really cool. And you're like, Hey, if you want to do it. And I was like, that would be really awesome. But there's no way on God's green earth that I would actually ever do that. And here you are. And then here I am. So I'm, I'm doing this like for my dad. Okay. Yeah. So tell me more about that. Why, what would your dad have done one? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Tell us more about him. Why would he have done one? I mean, you feel inspired to do it. Um, in honor of him. I do. So yeah, let's talk about it. So my dad, well, first off, he's my stepdad. Okay. So he adopted me and my brother um, when I was probably, I don't know, like 10-ish or something. Um, my bio dad. Um, that is a new reference name for me. Oh, bio dad. Yeah, bio yeah. dad. Bio okay. dad. My okay. bio dad. No, that's, that's good. I'm going to use that. I yeah. mean, I only have one, and he is bio dad. Hi, bio there, dad. There you go. Right, <laughs> Barry. So my bio dad, and my mom were married. They got divorced when I was about seven. Uh, my mom and who I refer to as my dad, um, they went to high school with each other and have known each other for a long time. Same group of friends, all this kind of stuff. Well, they started dating after my bio dad, and my mom got divorced. And he just, he didn't just date my mom. He dated all of us. He dated me and my mom and my brother, right? So there was no, I mean, I'm sure there was at the beginning before we were introduced to him, you know? Um, But we went on like dates as a family, you know, we did stuff as a family, even before we were, you know, they were married, we did vacations as a family and all this kind of stuff. So it was never about his relationship with my mom, but his relationship with us, and making us a family unit. Very cool. So um, he chose to be my dad, which is way more than most bio dads do with their kids. But my dad was, is, was, I don't know, is, was, whatever, super brainy smart, like genius smart. 
Like, hey, in 1973 on Wednesday on, you know, whatever day I was wearing this and you remember doing this and talking to these people and I read this book and that was him, right? Um, pretty eclectic guy, played music, just knew everything, built houses, uh, boomerangs. He made these boomerangs because he thought that was cool. So he learned how to make boomerangs. So he made these boomerangs called Johnny Rangs. It, you know, his name was John. <laughs> Um, and so It'd be weird if it wasn't. It, 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 it would be weird, <laughs> you know right? Your story, though. <laughs> so he, I mean, he was just always pushing us to, you know, learn and do more and be more because you can, you know, if opportunity arises, take it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and uh, yeah, I don't know how much you want to get into it, but um, okay. so his passing was sudden. Yes. His passing was very sudden. Because I remember the first time I walked into your office, there was like a note. Yes. Like on the front desk. Yes. Which I think was um, my introduction to you. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I, well, that's nice. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well, no, no. I mean, it's not like you were like, hey, this just happened to me. Yeah. But I read it and I said, hey, I saw the sign um, up front. I'm sorry to hear about your loss. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Which uh, people have uh, since imported on me that that is in most people's how they respond to like a first interaction with a person. And I was like, well, I wasn't going to ignore it. Right. Like that's a, a real life thing. And yeah. Um, if she didn't want anybody to address it, they probably wouldn't have a sign in the front of the office that talks about it. Yeah. Um, so what happened? My dad, healthy guy. Okay. Uh, he had turned 69 on July 27th. We had a awesome, just family birthday thing where we made a, Oh, shoot. Pork tenderloin sandwiches like they do in Iowa. Okay. okay. So my dad makes pork tenderloin sandwiches. I'm glad that you remember because I was going to say Johnny John Rangs. No, so. no, 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 not Johnny Rangs. Not Johnny Rangs. So, you know, I had told him, I was like, hey, you know, I want you to teach me how to make these. Right. Which really kind of turned out to, hey, come over and make these while I entertain Case and do family stuff. But I did get the gist. So I do know how to make them. And, um, so it makes a huge mess. But anyway, we had these pork tenderloin sandwiches and we played with Case, my son, who's about to be three in the backyard. My sister was over. My mom was there. My husband was there. After we put Case to bed, we walked up the street to this ice cream place and had ice cream together. It was just a great, a great birthday, right? You know, and the next day I talked to him, he was like, you know, that was the best birthday I've had, I think, ever. You know, it was, it was just perfect. So January or July 27th was a Tuesday. Wednesday, he and my mom were watching my kiddo while I was at work, and they did all the fun things. They went to this little play place called Little Land and cut down this tree in the backyard, and Case helped stack the wood, which they had to keep for smoking barbecue because that was his thing. Best pulled pork ever. Um, and then picked Case up. You know, they had a great day, all the things. You know, great. Um, Thursday morning... Um, I usually take Case to daycare, and it's in Georgetown. My mom lives like five minutes across the street, 10 minutes maybe across the street from us, or my parents lived across the street. So um, for whatever reason, I was headed there. I don't know why, but I started to be heading there, and my mom calls and says, hey, you know, your dad's not feeling good. You know, he's really not feeling good. You know, should I take him to the doctor? <clears throat> and I'm like, well, you know, what, what's up? You know, she said, well, he's says he's got some vertigo, he's a little nauseous. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm headed over there anyway, which she was confused by because I shouldn't have been. Um, I said, let me just see, you know, when I get there, I'll just see what's going on. 
So I had stopped at the office, which is five minutes the other direction, picked up a blood pressure guff, went over to my parents' house. <clears throat> um, and by, my dad's laying on the couch and he's laying on his right side and I'm talking to him and it's, it's early in the morning. So he hasn't really talked to many people. And I'm like, Hey, you know, what's going on? And he's like, Oh, you know, I'm just not feeling very good. You know, I ate, I ate mom's shepherd's pie last night <laughs> and I, I don't think it sat real well with me. Right. And she's like, it's not the shepherd's pie. If it was the shepherd's pie, I would be sick too. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine about the shepherd's pie. But what's happening? And he's like, you know, I feel a little nauseous, you know, I'm got some vertigo going on and you know, now I can't hear out of my right ear. And I'm like, uh, okay. I'm like, so why don't we sit you up and just see, you know, what's going on? So I had this stupid, godforsaken, like, wrist blood pressure cuff that we use in the office. I hate those damn things, just for the record. If you're going to buy a blood pressure cuff, don't buy those kind because they're useless. Um, and it pulls out a read, and it's fine. I mean, you it's a little high. You just ruined any chance I had a sponsorship by those little blood Sorry. pressure Sorry. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> damn. Yeah. <laughs> that was my money they're maker. Just, they're just not the most accurate. How's that? Is that better? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's a little high, but it's not anything... Alarming. No, not at all. Okay. And I'm talking to him, and he sounds occasionally a little slurry. Like, and I'm like, okay, is this, you haven't talked to anybody really this morning? You know, you're not really awake. You know, what is this? So I, he's sitting up. He's sitting up for maybe a couple minutes, and he starts vomiting. And I'm like, okay, this is not good. And he's like, yeah, my vision's a little weird. And I'm like, okay. So I tell my mom, I said, hey, you know, I, th I think dad's having a stroke. Um, I did a bunch of different neuro tests on him. Um, you know, smile, raise your eyebrows, squeeze my fingers. You know, can you feel this stuff on your face? Uh, you know, say these words, um, you know, different kind of things. And he, he was fine with all of them. The only thing that he wasn't really fine with was if you ask somebody to say 99, it was a little off, you know, like, Hey, do you have a lisp or what's up with that? So, you know, I'm like, you know, I just, I think he's having a stroke. So I'm going to take that to the hospital. You take case to daycare and just meet me at the hospital. So I get him up and, um, can I pause you? Yes. Okay. So you're with your, <clears throat> your mom, mm -hmm. your dad yep, and your son. Yes. And you think yes. that your dad may be having a stroke. Yes. And you just wanted your mom to drop your son off at daycare. Yes. How, what, what was your mom like? Like, were you guys calm? Like, what was, I, I, I mean, I couldn't imagine I would be like, I was like, take him to daycare. Nobody's going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the first thought in my head, which is, so motherhood does things to you for one, because <laughs> things I'll never, he, and, well, I, I never may, never. maybe, <laughs> I mean, you have chicken. Yeah. So, yeah, right. And you've true. already spent a thousand dollars in skincare for your cat. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay I have never not, mind. I get it. Anyway, then. Okay. okay. <laughs> my maternal instincts. Your maternal instincts. In. You have them. Um, so my first thought is, okay, you know, I, I, he needs to go somewhere because COVID, mm -hmm. he is not going to be allowed in a hospital. So I don't even know if me and my mom are going to be allowed in a hospital. So my mom is horrible nothing personal mom. Cause I know you said you want to listen to this in situations like that. So not okay? a good crisis. person. She is not a good crisis. Okay, person. Got it. So what, you're a good crisis person. Yeah. High five. Go team. Yep. Um, so the first thing my mom does is she kind of goes into shock and she's like, okay, I'm going to go brush my teeth. So now it's a joke. Like when I need her like to get going, I say, don't go brush your teeth. 
like let's let's come on wrap it up right mm-hmm. so she goes in to brush her teeth i take my dad out and she doesn't even realize that i've left with the kids still in the house you know so i don't know how long she was brushing her teeth but my kid walked in and she's like oh case so yeah so anyway so the thought was to get him taken care of to where i didn't need to worry about him okay and then i can be with my dad in that medical situation that my mom doesn't do. Yes. And then reconvene. Were you okay with your mom taking your son, even knowing that she like, she's not good in that situation? I was okay because I gave her a specific task. Okay. So, Got it. so you can like narrow like, focus her. <clears throat> yes. The only thing she has to do. I is need you care. to do this one thing. Okay. Right. And so she dropped him off. I told her how to get to the hospital. The hospital is, is a, uh, Cedar Park Regional off 1431, the gigantic hospital. She literally had to make two turns to get to the hospital and she got lost. So my mom could get lost on two turns on, on two turns. And so she, but ends, she got case to, but she got, cause she had been there many, many times. Right. Okay. Yes. So she ends up at uh, Cedar Park city hall. Okay. Which I don't even know where that is, <laughs> but she, that's where she ends up instead of the hospital. Anyway, she makes it eventually. Okay. She got there eventually. She got there eventually. Okay. So that is why I needed him taken care of. I could give my mom this task and I could do medical stuff with my dad. This is a good learn because maybe that's what I would do with like, like Marissa. Mm -hmm. Marissa is trained in crisis response. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly how well she is in that scenario. We've been Mm -hmm. lucky enough to not have it. Yeah. Um, But it's good to know that, that, that it that can help somebody, right? Like yeah. give them a task to Yeah. So maybe, if it's if it's um, you want it to be like a or... specific thing, like, hey, I need you to focus on this thing. Like hold this or go get me this or whatever. Got it. Because then it's no like vagaries. Then no okay. vagaries. Got it. Nope. <clears throat> so look at that. I... We all just learned that. All go. fifty of you. Oh, woo! <laughs> So you're at the hospital. Oh, so I, I take him to the hospital. Yep. Oh, no. Hang on. I have to oh. get in, into the car first. So okay. when he stands up, he starts walking and he like hardly can't walk. So he's like swaying from side to side, holding on to each side of the hallway. And I'm like, this is not good at all, right? Mm-hmm. Because the part of your brain that does balance is very close to the part of your brain that does life. Okay, that keeps you alive. Okay, I didn't know that either. So yes. this is why I'm <clears throat> yeah. safe doctor, actually. Yeah. So okay. when you ask people, hey, raise your eyebrows, make a big smile for me, and it's like drooping there, mm-hmm. you would so much rather somebody have a stroke there because it's like, oh, what's the worst case? Your face is droopy? Take that. Okay, what's the worst? You don't have use of your right hand? Fine, take that. <laughs> so right? those things are telling you what part of the brain is impacted by the stroke. Correct. Got it. Okay. Yes. So... um, I, we get him in the car. I have him laying pretty far back so he's not vomiting all over my car because even though I can do medical stuff, I don't do vomit. Mm. So when he's vomiting, I'm like dry heaving. <laughs> so it, that was a little interesting, but I'm like, okay, so he can't vomit in my car because we're both going to be vomiting. Yep. So um, I get him to the hospital. I'm like, don't get out of the car. You know, let me get a wheelchair. Yeah, you probably just tell them stroke and like that's... The... You would think that, right? Uh, well, but he yes. <laughs> was not presenting like a normal stroke patient. Okay. So I go in and I tell them, I said, hey... I'm pretty dang sure my dad's having a stroke, you know, and he's in the car. I need a wheelchair to get him out, you know, all this kind of stuff. I bring him in, sit him in the wheelchair. When he's sitting up, he starts vomiting. 
So <clears throat> they take his blood pressure. His blood pressure now is is higher. It's like 214 over like 165 or something. Okay. So yeah, it's, that's high. it's pretty high. Because it's right. supposed to be like 120 over 80. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's pretty high. And there's two nurses there sitting there and they're very slow. And I'm like, hey, he's having a stroke. Come on. And one nurse looks at the other nurse and is like, yeah, you know, I, well, I guess we could go ahead and call it just based on his blood pressure. I'm like, F. <laughs> okay. So they call it. They take him back. <clears throat> they immediately do a CT on him, park the car, go back inside. The ER doctor comes in. Um, he, he's now in the room with me. He has a CT. He comes in. Um, and I have him leaning back so he's not vomiting. And she has him do the same neuro test that I already did with him. And he passes everything except for the 99. And I said, look, I know. I said, but I'm pretty sure he's having a stroke, right? I just think it's lower. That's why he's able to do all these motor functions. <clears throat> and so while she's talking to her, she's like, yeah, you know, but he's scoring really low, really low on the stroke scale. And I'm like, thank you. I, I understand that. So while she's in talking with us, she gets paged by radiology. She leaves. She comes back in and she's like, change of plans. He has a clot in his vertebral basilar artery, which is one of the main arteries that feeds your brainstem, okay. which is where your life comes from. Okay. That's breathing, heart rate, um, respirations, all that kind of stuff. Right. So without that, you can forget about anything. Got right. It. She said it has not yet caused an infarct, which means it hasn't caused that area to die, but they can see the clot. She said, so what we're going to do is we are going to emergency transport him to Del Seton because they have a stroke team there. So I know where that is in your brain, but my dad does not know where that is. And I do not tell him that. <clears throat> my dad is still very inconvenienced that he is there. Okay. He's like, ah, you know, I didn't need this today. You know what I'm like? I didn't either. Okay. And he's like, you could just go back to work. You know, it'll be fine. Mom will be here in a little bit. And I'm like, mom's lost right now. Okay. But, and you, know, you understand the severity of what's going I, on. And you are not sharing that with him. No, because you don't want to nope. put the fear of God into him. Correct. And just keeping him calm. Yep. And nor did I share that with my mother either. Okay. Until But this is later. also a very smart man. Very smart man. So I'm so did assuming he's he going to start picking up some cues when they start transferring him to other hospitals yes, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So my mom had had a, a stroke, a different kind of stroke, a, many years ago. Um, so he has like kind of some basic knowledge of that. But again, his symptoms are very, very mild, right? Because it actually hasn't caused damage to his brain at that point, right? You see the full effect of a stroke after the damage has been caused to your yeah. brain. Um, so he's just like, well, now I got to go to a different hospital downtown. And you know, and I'm like, yeah, dad. And he's like, you know, just go back to work and it's fine. I'm like, no, I'm not going to work today. Like I'm not going to work. I'm staying with you. You know, when mom gets here because of COVID at Cedar park regional, it was one person in that was it. So, which I was pissed about because I did not know that. I thought it was like one, like at a time. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, because you're here. You're the only person that can be here. So now your mom can't be there. So now my mom cannot be at Cedar Park Regional. And I'm like, what the flock? So now I'm really glad oh, that we curse he's... on here, by the way, in case you're curious. Oh, it's just a thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll do my best. Don't protect okay? us. Okay. But, uh... <laughs> so <clears throat> now I'm glad that he's being transferred because I'm like, okay, well, at least we can switch people, right? So I'm like, at this new hospital, she can go in, but I'm like, I don't... 
I want her to go in, but she doesn't do medical, right? So they can't talk medical to her and then have that message relayed accurately, right? But thank God, Seton, Del Seton, you could have two people. There so it go. worked out great. Okay. So he goes to Del Seton. We go to Del Seton. He has two MRIs and an oxygen perfusion study when he first gets there. Um, the two MRIs show the clot. <clears throat> it shows that um, it's starting to cause um, some change in the tissue kind of around where that clot is. Um, and that's bad because you don't want that tissue to die. Correct. Right? Okay, correct. Um, and then they do this oxygen perfusion study, which is how oxygen is getting to parts of the brain, right? Um, and really, it's not about blood being in your brain, but the oxygen being in your brain. So the bigger area that is going without oxygen is the area at risk, right? So they pull up this image and you want it to be like blues and greens and look all pretty. Well, you see this giant area of red and orange and big, like around his cerebellum, which does your balance and stuff and like kind of a little bit lower. And I'm like, oh crap. So this team of neurologists comes in and Del Seton is a teaching hospital. So some of them were residents, some of them were interns. And then there were two head neuros. They're like, hey, we were going to try clot busters with him and just start him on those right away. But because of the amount of his brain that is already lacking oxygen is so great, we need to take him right now and pull the clot. So they're like, we're just going to do a catheter. So go up kind of through his groin, pull out the clot, have a great day. Okay. And I'm like, do it. When are we doing this? And they're like, right now. So they take him back there. We're like, bye dad. See you in a little bit. He's still fine. He's still talking. He's a little tiny slurry on occasion, but he's still my dad. Okay. About an hour and a half later, the neurosurgeon that, that did the surgery comes out, talks to me and my mom and says, Hey, we got the clot. Um, everything went great. It was textbook. Um, here's an image of the vessels and blood flow before we pulled it. And here's an image of it after we're like, I was like, thank you, God. He said, you know, he was, he was knocking at heaven's door. We're just lucky that they didn't open. Okay. It's like, you won't be hearing from me or seeing me again, unless something was tragically wrong, which we don't expect because this was textbook. I'm like, great. This is great news. Tell everybody, Hey, dad's great. Everything's fine. Rainbows, unicorns, butterflies, all the things. A couple hours later, they call us back to recovery so we could go see him. Um, at this point, he's very slurry, which is super pissing him off. <laughs> but um, he's he's joking with the nurses. He's giving his nurse a hard time calling her nurse Ratchet because she keeps doing all these tests on him and stuff to make sure that he's cognitively okay. Um, <clears throat> he, you know, we were just kind of hanging out. Everything is fine. Because of COVID, they had a two-person limit. So my sister lives down here. So she wanted to come and see him. And my sister is his biological child. Got okay. It. So, you know, I, I tell him, I'm like, dad, you know, M wants to come see you. Um, I love you. You know, I'll see you in the morning. And this was a Thursday. And I was like, no, I won't see you in the morning because I work Friday morning. So I'll, I get done at one. I'll see you at two o'clock. Okay. Have a good day. Kiss him. Goodbye. My sister comes up. He she and my mom are there till probably about eight or so. They all have dinner at the hospital together. Um, they had told us that he would be in ICU for the night, maybe the next day, just for monitoring, just make sure he's okay. Um, 
they do have him on um, Plavix, which is a blood thinner mm-hmm. to keep him from clotting and aspirin. Um, but other than that, that that's it, right? So at around 8.30 or so, my mom and my sister leave. And they're like, hey, we're going to come back, you know, tomorrow morning, you know, after they kind of get going or whatever. So we'll be there around 9. So they leave. Friday morning, I go into the office. And this is why there was a letter there in the office. So you'll hear about that. So I go into the office on uh, Friday morning. And there were patients that I was supposed to have seen on Thursday. So they know that something was going on with my dad, that he had had a stroke. You know, they know that stuff. So they're like, oh, you're here. And I was like, yeah, you know, they got the clot. Everything went great. You know, he's in ICU. So I'm going to go see him right after this. Everything's fine. At about 9.30-ish, my husband calls the office and says, has the hospital called you? I was like, no. And he said, well, they just called your mom. Your dad had a series of strokes last night and he is not doing well. You need to call the hospital. And I have, it was a busy morning and I've got probably five people, five patients in the office, one of which was a, um, a CT tech, um, and, and a friend. So she's like, you go do what you need to do with your patients. Let me get a hold of the hospital. Right. So I'm like, that would be awesome. So I'm like, there's nothing I can do like right now. So let me figure out what's happening. So I'm doing my tasks, right? And she's doing her task. She gets a hold of the nurse, his nurse. And I get on the phone with her and she tells me that around 1030 or so, uh, my dad started showing worsening neurological symptoms. So it's like, okay. So they took him back to MRI. They um, saw that he had clotted again in that same spot that they had pulled the clot from before, even though he was on blood thinners. So, and that they took him immediately to cath lab. They pulled the clot. Um, While he was on the table, he clotted again. So they start giving him um, max therapeutic doses of heparin, which is like the strongest blood thinner that you can give someone, which they usually don't give to stroke patients because they're afraid you're going to bleed out. Right. So they start him on heparin. Um, they pull that next clot and he clots again on the table and they can't pull that last clot. Every time they pull a clot, it takes like a little bit of the vessel of where it like adheres to the vessel. So you have a risk of, of ripping that vessel and then you're really foobard. Right. So they had to leave that last clot. They're like, well, we're hoping that the heparin is going to dissolve the clot. But as of right now, he is intubated. Um, He's on a vent. He is not on any sedation. So this is just him. Okay. Um, He's still on the heparin. um, And that's where we are. So now there's like a lot of people in the office. Okay. And I lose it. And there is... um, a bunch of patients there and they, you know, start hugging me and like praying over me. And I mean, just the love that and support and the help. I mean, everybody just wants to help, you know? Um, it, I mean, it was, it was crazy. It was so crazy. So that is why there's a note there for people who were there really on Friday and Thursday, like, Hey, this is what happened, Got you it. know, so that I didn't have to, relive that and tell that to every person that I saw. Right. 
So Dawn, you know, Dawn, yep. our uh, get yeah, your money lady. Money. Yeah, she yeah. does. Yes. Yeah, Dawn yeah. takes your money. Yep. Um, she drives me down to Del Seton and I, I see my dad and he is um, in a coma, um, which is interesting because they don't say that word to you at the hospital. They just tell you, you know, that he's unconscious, Got it. you know? So uh, I remember my mom asked me, is this a coma? I'm like, yes, this is a coma. You know, this is a coma. Um, the so effed up the neurologists come in um and there was a male and a female the the female was really nice she had a much softer i guess bedside manner than than the other guy did he was pretty dry but i can appreciate that so it's fine um and then like this whole flock of whatever and they pull up this mri and i remember looking at it being like fuck me there you go. See, no, <laughs> no flock there because I can see that part of his brain, the, the pons that can, mm-hmm. and the medulla and the midbrain that control like your life, you can see damage on those big important structures. And the, the woman neuro is standing there and she says, you know, we, we do see some damage here. Um, but we don't know the full extent of a damage for three to five days after a stroke. So we really just need to wait and see, you know, what's going to happen. Right. And I'm thinking that doesn't even make sense. Right. Because I know what those parts are and I know what they do. And I know that you don't need to know the full extent of damage on those parts to know that this outcome is not favorable. Right. So time goes on. My family has some hope because, that's what family has. Uh-huh. Because that's what family has, yep. and nobody tells them otherwise. Nope. My... I told you all about the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So my... Yeah. So I don't remember if it was my brother or my sister spent the night at the hospital with my dad one night, and then the other one, my, my brother flew in from Florida, so so did my dad, one of my dad's sisters. Um, so one of them spent the night with him one night, and my sister spent the night with him another night, and... I spent the night with him, I guess, Sunday night or something like that. And, um, you know, I just remember I'm like, this is so fucked up. Like he is not, this is not happening. Right. Saturday, the team of neuros came in and said, you know, we're still really waiting to find the full extent. You know, we're going to do another MRI tomorrow and see what it says. And, you know, if we made any progress or if the clot's still there, we're hoping it's gone. And, you know, maybe we can give her, this is, this is the, this is the best part that they said. Maybe we can give him some medicine to wake him up. Okay. And I'm like, you have got to be joking me. Right. Like, um, and I'm already thinking after I saw the first MRI, you know, dad, whatever you do, please do not open your eyes. Okay. Because that is just, most people think that opening your eyes means that you're awake. Right. But that is not what that means. Opening your eyes is literally just opening your eyes. It doesn't mean that you're cognitively present. It doesn't mean that you have brain function. It just means that you had the motor function to open your eyes. But most people don't think that. They think, wake him up. They're just going to open his eyes. So every single time when my family members left, they would say, dad, all we need you to do is open your eyes. Can you just open your eyes for me for just one second? And every time they said that, I was like, dad, please do not open your eyes. Like, please, whatever you do, do not open your eyes. He didn't, thank God. Well, I mean, kind of, thank God. When my uh, when my <clears throat> aunt was um, 
like in ICU. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a story that I, that I shared with you. Um, I know, like, when they were taking her off of life support, they, like, informed the family that, like, the body may, shit like, may, yeah, may exhibit some resistance. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that this mm-hmm. person is, like, cognitively available. Correct. Um, and, like, I'm sitting there. So it's it was just four of us in the room at that point. And, mm-hmm. like, we had, like, her daughter had left. The, like, I don't. I don't know. I it's it's a it's kind of weird to say, but um, like I I stayed in the room. Um, so I was with her husband, uh, my dad, and her husband's brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, like it. You're just hoping that you don't get that response. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you just um, and like I I didn't know how I would respond to even being present Mm -hmm. um but it was weird i didn't like i didn't want her to be alone when it was happening oh yeah um and i didn't know yeah i don't know maybe i'll get ridiculed for this comment but like i don't know like how emotionally available my dad is at times so i didn't know if like what measure of support he could provide right being in that room right um or what he could potentially say yep if something happened, yes. if you get those, yeah. they're just automated responses. They're, they're just reflexive actions. Yeah. They're, and like, you're just like, like, I'm just like, please like, just don't, don't just don't do that. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, we were, I guess, lucky that there, like there was no response. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's awful yeah, yeah it's, thing to experience. You know, it is. You know, yeah, no, yeah. No. And they, they did like the, she opened her eyes a few times like that last week and like you're just like i don't there's a there's a line i don't know where it is and where it is for everybody but like like where a hope and delusion uh like that they it's very murky yeah 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 there's a gray area there um and you don't know like what side of the line somebody's actually in at that moment and you um just don't you don't want to remove somebody's hope, but you don't want them to sink too deep into delusion, right? Yes. Like that's that's yes. uh, which is uh, oh, not yes. easy to do. Um, <clears throat> no, but yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, no, I cut you no, off. That's I okay. it was just uh, so it was bringing back some memories. No, interesting that you say that because when I'm I can talk about this stuff, like when I can go into like a a clinical box, I don't have a problem at all. So I'm, I mean, I know what's going on, and I'm. I'm like not okay, but I'm okay. Like I can talk about it. I can move through yeah, you it. Seem I can to compartmentalize I, pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good thing, bad thing. I'm not sure. So uh, probably both things. Right. It, it, it yeah, is, yeah, yeah. you know, More murky lines. <laughs> it's very murky lines. So the night that I spent there with my dad, you know, I'm like, how can they fucking stand there and tell my family that they're going to wake him up? Like, how can they stand there and say that? Like, that is, and now I'm getting mad. Like, I'm really, really mad because, like you said, there's this line of like well, yeah, delusion they're, they're and hope. They're providing like some false hope. Oh yeah. So they're they're feeding a narrative that is unrealistic. Correct. Right, which just brings more <clears throat> hurt to people. It does. Yeah. So that night that I was there, it was probably close to midnight, and I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna look for myself. 
right? So I went over to the nurse and, um, you know, I've been hanging out with my dad, just chatting with him, you know? Yeah. The things we do. Yeah. The things we do. Right. And, um, I went over to her and I was like, you know, can I see those MRI reports? And she's like, well, didn't you see the images? I said, yeah, I saw those images. I said, but I want to see what that report said. You know, and she pulls up this report and it's like extensive damage to the medulla, extensive damage to the midbrain, extensive damage to the pons, extensive, you know, and I'm like, F y'all, right? And I said, can I ask you a question? And I don't mean to put you on the spot at all. And she's like, yeah, sure. I said, when you have shift change and you tell your counterpart who's taking over you the prognosis of the patient and what's going on with the patient, what do you tell each other? And she says to me, she says, persistent vegetative state. And I was pissed because even though like I already knew that, no one had said that to my family, right? And I needed somebody to tell my family that because as much as I could say, look, guys, this is not good. Like this is oh, not. Oh, they're not going to believe you. No. And, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm trying to like say that in like the nicest, most hopeful way possible, you know, and my other aunt in California is like, oh, well, I had a friend who had locked in syndrome and she's fine now. And I'm like, that is not this. Okay. You know, and, and she says, well, you know, I need you to send me a copy of the MRI so I can send it to my doctor so that, you know, my doctor that I trust. And I'm like, you can send it to whoever the hell you want. I was like, he has no part of the brain that controls yeah. life. So <laughs> I don't, you could give it to the fucking homeless guy on the street and the guy's going to tell you he's brain dead, okay. you know? So that next morning, I come walking, I went down for, get some breakfast really early and I come walking up and I see this man talking with the nurse that I had talked to and they're talking about my dad. And, um, he's, I hear him say something about, yeah, you know, I, I saw the results of the MRI, you know, it's really significant, extensive damage, you know, to the lower portion of his brain. And, and, and I didn't know who he was. Um, and I just walked up in him and I said, uh, you guys are talking about my dad, that guy right in that room. I said, this is a bunch of bullshit, isn't it? I said, these neuros have just stood here and blown smoke up my family's asses for the past three days. I said, this is bullshit. He introduces himself and he is the doctor of the ICU. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I was like, I'm really sorry that I said that and kind of like verbally accosted you. Um, and he's like, you're right. He's like, you're right. And you have every right to feel that way. And, you know, we had a little conversation about it. And I was like, this is crap. This is horse crap. I said, and no one will say that this is so bad yep. and that this is not going to be good in any way. So he tracks down the neurologist, the female neurologist, who is actually quite nice. And she comes in the room and she sits down with me and she's like, I'm really not blowing smoke up your family's asses. I said, yes, yes, you are. Yes, you are. I said, I saw those images. I read the report. I talked with a nurse. I saw your notes. I said, and I know his uh, diagnosis at this point is pretend a persistent vegetative state. I said, and that's a good outcome if, right? I said, so this is bullshit. I said, and the fact that you guys stand up there and tell my family that maybe you can give him something to wake him up is a load of shit, load of shit. I said, you cannot tell people that, you know? And she's like, well, when we say wake him up, we mean like consciously come awake and alive and blah, blah. I said, I understand that. 
but that is not what the normal person thinks. They think you're going to give him something and he is going to open his eyes and they're going to get their dad back, that they are going to get their husband back and they're going to get their brother back. I said, and that is not this case. I said, so you sit there and you tell me right now what is the best case scenario for my dad. And she's like, really, it takes three to five days. I said, you don't need three to five days. You can tell me right now what is the best case scenario for my dad. And she's like, best case scenario is 24-hour care in a nursing facility with full assistance of medical care, unable to leave without full medical assistance. And I said, that is unacceptable. That is an unacceptable quality of life for my dad. And no one will stand for that. And she's like, you know, I'm really sorry that, you know, whatever blah, whatever bullshit. Yeah. I don't even remember what she said after that, to be very honest with you. So I, you know, I called my mom and I was like, hey, persistent vegetative state. She's like, what? And I was like, yeah, that's the prognosis for dad. After I told them that, everybody's like, no, we're done. We're not doing this to him. He would not want that ever, 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 ever. My dad was a super spiritual guy. He was not afraid of dying at all. You know, he felt like everybody had a purpose. And when their purpose was done, you moved on. Um, and I, I do find comfort in that. Um, you know, the fact that I wasn't supposed to be going to my parents' house that morning, and I did. Um, on Friday when I saw him, um, after he had the first clot removal, he kept telling me, I'm going home tomorrow. I'm like, dad, you're not going home tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, I'm going home tomorrow. I'm like, no, you're going to be here for several days. You're not going home tomorrow. He didn't repeat anything but that, you know? So I'm like, all right, you know, dad is fine, right? Like he is fine. Sure. He does not need to be like this because this isn't fine. Um, so we had a, because of COVID, like a, not a Zoom, but like a phone conference thing with my brother and my sister and my aunt and me and my mom and the palliative care team. And, you know, obviously everybody was on the same team and, you know, same side at this point. So, you know, they told us that because of where the clot was and the damage was, there was a small portion of that brain that affects breathing. And that part didn't look like it was affected as much as the rest of it. So they said, you know, when you pull the intubation tube, um, when you pull a trach, it's likely that he's going to continue to breathe for several hours up to days, right? Got it. So I'm like, oh, great. I'm like, okay. So my, de my dad, my sister and my brother wanted to be there with him when he passed. Like he, they didn't want him to be alone for that. Mm. Um, nobody wanted to be there when they pulled the trach. Um, and like you said, with your aunt, I was like, I, I didn't want him to be alone in that. Mm -hmm. Right. So my mom was in the room, but she was kind of sitting off in the corner on the couch. Um, and they had, I had told us the same thing, like, Hey, you might see like reflexive movements or whatever, just it's okay. It's not, he's not struggling. It's just like a knee jerk. Like someone hits your knee and you do a kick. You have no control over that whatsoever. Right. So... <clears throat> My dad really liked jazz music. Like I said, he, he played music, played in a band for a while and played the saxophone and the flute and a bunch of his buddies still played music. Uh, one of his good friends was uh, Jaco Pastorius, who um, was a big jazz musician for a long time, but passed away many years ago. So I'm sitting with him, you know, I'm, I'm telling him, hey, dad, you know, this is what's going to happen. You know, they're, they've taken you off the blood thinner. 
uh, you know, they're giving you some morphine just in case you're uncomfortable in any way. Um, and they're, they're going to take the, the trach out, you know, um, and that's what's going to happen because we can't have you and you can't have you like this, right? This is not what you want. Um, so I'm sitting there with him. They pull the trach out. It's like a non-issue, right? There's nothing, no reflexive actions, no nothing, which was really great. So they all leave. Um, and my mom comes over and we're sitting with him on the bed and we're talking to him and, um, she starts playing this song by, by Jocko called come on, come over. Okay. And so she's playing this, this song for him and they had turned the monitor to comfort care, which means it's not going to beep or buzz or ding if heart rate goes down or if respirations stop or anything like that. It's just, it's just quiet. Like whatever happens, happens and that's it. So she's playing this song and the song is only three minutes long, maybe four minutes long his respirations are going down, his heart rate drops, you know, and he flatlines in the middle of the song when Jocko is singing, come on, come over. And this is the guy that's supposed to breathe for several hours and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he left, you know, and I'm like, it was just right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I'm super sad that he's gone obviously and not here. Um, because I miss the future. Sure. As weird yeah. as that sounds, but I miss the future without him. Sure. Um, you get to deal with the things that happen after uh, the person passes, right? Yes. Like the, the pain gets yes. passed on, right? It's not the person who's gone. It's the people no. who deal with that person after. no longer being there. Yes. And so, I mean, I wholeheartedly believe that my dad, whatever he was supposed to do here, he did, you know, and hopefully he's off doing something for somebody else. And now he's got you on a podcast. And now he didn't even want to do. No, he's and, got me and, on a and, podcast <laughs> doing something I didn't even want to do. Thank you yep. for sharing the story. Um, yeah. I didn't know that that would be the uh, the path that we went down. Yeah. Um, the beginning of it, I've talked about it on here before. Um, I want to make sure I get it right because I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an expression that like blood is thicker than water, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. And it is misused. Mm-hmm. So the I believe that the correct expression in my old brain that has co- that has cataloged things is um, wait, I want to get it right. I'm gonna. I would I help you out, but I have no idea what it is. <laughs> um, uh, uh, oh, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. The expression actually means the exact opposite that people have uh, have made turned it, it into, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like to, that's why to him, like like to you, that's your dad. It yeah. doesn't matter if he's mm-hmm. bio dad or no. or whatever. Nope, he's your dad, and that's yeah. because like my aunt, who I talk about, is not your my aunt, aunt yeah. right? But to me, she, um, man, I don't even know what role she played in my life. Um, a large one. That's yeah. that's that's what I know. Yeah. Um, and I. When I think about her not being here, because I, man, I miss that person a lot. There's two people in like my life that I've lost that have like very greatly affected me as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was one of them. Um, And uh, yeah, I I wish she would have got to know Marissa more. I'm glad that like they got to meet. Um, 
but uh, like I like she was supposed to give me um, my five year coin that year, uh, um, and she didn't get an opportunity to. And yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it forced me to grow up more um, because I I remember when I got when I celebrated my first year, <laughs> um, and I spoke to her. Um, so backstory was like she was the person that took me in when nobody oh. else would take me in. So yeah. um, before I got into treatment for the last time, mm-hmm. uh, she was a person that like told me I could stay in her house that I could find a, like I could find a treatment center. She wouldn't help me with anything. She was a she was a psychologist. Oh, um, so she had tried to help me other times right. with like therapy and getting me to counseling and all that stuff. But um, she uh, she was probably also at her wit's end. But she. Um, she never like lost the capacity to love while being at her wit's end. Yeah. Um, so at my, uh, at like we all went out to dinner after my first anniversary. Yeah. Um, and she looked at me and she's like, I swear to God, if you ever do this shit again, like I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> and I'm not like, not like I'll playfully kill you. No, I will kill I you will dead. I will fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah. I, I can like wrote, I thought that like I wrote, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's like remembering, you know, like they say, um, I told you a story about my dad and hearing his mom's voice and all that stuff. Yes. So, so she had, um, Barbara had all these like polyps and she had to have a bunch of throat surgeries and all this stuff. Um, so you can never forget her voice because yeah. she never had one. Got but it. Her got not it, got it. having a voice and like, like she would, yeah, she would, <clears throat> she'd be like, if you ever fucking do this again, I'll fucking kill you. Like, like her brings you chills. Voice is like, like her ghost, even if she's dead, she is going to come and kill like, you. Yeah, if and you, you do you that can't, again. You can't forget her voice because yeah. her voice was so distinct. Like she fought to have a voice uh-huh. and not realizing that the one that she had is the one that nobody could forget. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah. it's tough because I because I miss her. Um, yeah, I remember where I was when I, when I found out and. Um, I'm glad that like, yeah, I don't know that, uh, that I'm, I was in a position to be there for her family. Yeah. Like I had my moments that I needed for me to like be emotional, <laughs> Yeah, but I could compartmentalize to make sure that I was available for, uh, her daughter and her husband who were, I mean, it's made us so much closer, yeah. which is, uh, which is interesting. And there's, I, I, I know there's like, um like a domino effect of, of loss. Um, yeah. and I think for, for our family, it, it brought some of us closer together. Oh yeah. Um, cause I can't rely on her being there all the time to like rope me back in. Like she would always yeah. send me like messages, like mm-hmm. hey, you coming for this holiday. You're coming for this holiday. Yep. I always had a good reason to not be at things. That and was then I my dad. Showing up for everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my dad was responsible for, keeping everybody together. I mean, he just kept tabs on everybody. He has these childhood friends that he's had for 60 something years, you know, telling us stories on how they rode. Oh my God. I don't know how they're still alive really, to be honest with you, how they rode ice flows down the river in Iowa together and they would jump off the ice flow and walk back up the river and jump on another one and ride it down. Like where the hell are your parents? Right? Like where are my grandparents? But he, can you imagine your son doing that? (laughs) Absolutely. I'd be like, Oh my God. You know, like, first of all, my son would not be down by a river when he's seven years old on his own in the snow without me. Okay. Like, let's just own that right there. Um, but he, I mean, he kept tabs on everybody. He'd have like a daily phone call with his friends. And so when he passed, 
what before he passed, I thought it was very important for those friends of his to be able to talk to him mm-hmm. and to say goodbye to him. So I did my best of reaching out to the ones that I had contact information, letting them know what was going on and if they wanted to talk to him. Um, and so a lot of people, a lot of his really good friends were at least able to talk to him and say what they needed to say. Um, he was a spiritual person? He was. You said? He was. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me more about it? What is spiritual? What does him being a spiritual person mean? So, or what does it mean to Dr. Ashley? He, um, all growing up, I didn't like go to church every Sunday or anything. We went on Easter and Christmas, right? Okay, that's when you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were um, uh, high holiday Jews when I was growing up. High holiday Jews, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, The only one when like God was really paying attention. When he's really (laughs) paying. That's right. That's right. Really, it's going to be when he doesn't notice that you're there because everybody is going to be there that day. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. but you know, uh, Jewish guilt. So we went. You know, yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah. Those special days. But he. I get. I don't know if he went to church often when he was growing up. Um, but he was just very deeply rooted mm-hmm. in, and I don't want to say religion because it's it's deeper than religion, which is why I always say sure. he's spiritual, okay. right? So he believed in like something something bigger. Than, yes. Than oh this, yes. Yes. Than this than thing this. that we do. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. you know he believed Good. in heaven and God that. and all, you know all that kind of stuff. He absolutely believed in past lives, okay? And he would tell us about these extraordinarily vivid dreams, I guess, that he would have about these past lives that he had. And he would, and I don't even know, okay? Because, like, I'm not that versed in history to be able to understand this. But one of his past lives, he was somehow connected to freaking Napoleon, Okay, and he would tell us things about his like relationship being with freaking Napoleon. Okay, and I'm like, yeah, good for you, Dad. Like, Marissa, I by have the way, no idea what the fuck you're. She's talking a medium. About. Shut up. We have. We need to talk <laughs> later. Okay, because I am all. She's an empath on her path to to medium. Bring yeah. it. Okay, yeah, yeah. totally bring it. So we there's this. <sighs> Medium B, mm-hmm. Hertz, B Hertz is her name. Okay. And we've, I've done several readings with her after my grandmother passed, after my aunt passed, if anything weird is going on, even about my dog. Like, I know that sounds really weird, but. No, that's but. okay. Cause the medium things, I listened to some of Marissa's <laughs> medium crazy. classes and I'm like, what? Oh, man. Yeah. I am so glad that pe- other people find me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, it's. Zoom doesn't have security for these people. No. But that's okay. It's, it's so crazy. It is. It's so crazy. It is. She's. I've been I mean, told that I'm a. I'm a new spirit. Oh, that's cool. Which, uh, yeah. So I don't. I. She believes in like past life trans, transgression. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Um, but I don't have one, which is why like, oh. my personality is the way that it is because you um, have no experiences to draw yeah, from. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. all of my experiences are my first experiences. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 That's. Oh, what, I want to yeah. talk to her. Yeah, she's fantastic with that stuff. You guys can have a podcast about it. Okay. I've told her to do a medium podcast for a while because I think it would be, that would be freaking a lot awesome. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because people love to talk about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, right after my dad died, my mom's like, we're calling B right now. 
And I'm like, he's like this, he's like not, I mean, he's like, he's, he's dead, but like, he's like not even cremated yet, mom. Like he's like still in a freezer somewhere. Like, I don't know if you should be having a whatever. So she has this dream and my dad is in the, my, my mom has this dream. My dad's in the dream and he holds his hand up to her and tells her something about like, not now the water is too cold. And so my mom's like, I don't think dad wants us to have this call, you know? And I'm like, well, no kidding. And she's like, well, too bad. We're having it anyway. Well, that next sounds like a wife. Sounds like a wife. Okay. Well, here's a, here's a husband for you. So we're supposed to have the call. Well, she's in the first time we're supposed to have the call. She's up in the East coast where the fucking hurricane is. So she's like, Hey, I'm really sorry. I'm in this hotel lobby. We can't have this call right now. Hmm. Okay. So no call. Water's too cold. Water's too cold. (laughs) Reschedule the call. Hey, I'm really sorry. I fell. I had to have knee surgery. I'm going to be having knee surgery. I'm going to be like in recovery on that day. Can't have the call. Next time. I'm like, okay. So now at least we've had a little service for my dad in Iowa. He he wanted to be cremated and then buried in Iowa where his parents are. Um, so I'm like, at least he's like, we still have part of him like in an art. I don't know how to talk about that. What's like correct. We, there is nothing We divided correct. him and, yeah, that's fine. and put some of him in one urn so when you told me that you traveled with him to iowa Mm -hmm. he He was was in an urn urn. yeah yeah yeah. got it yeah and my (laughs) because i didn't know what that i was like yeah he was in an urn i feel like it's been a while i don't know how long you can i did he want to be like buried in iowa i didn't know what the yeah he what the context yeah so we cremated him and then i like to be cremated for the record i want you to take anything from my body that you can to help other people well yeah yeah organs first then yes yes organs first and then cremate yeah yeah sure i mean i don't know if they want these but like i don't know if you do they're yours yeah i have no idea i mean i don't like them most of the time but hey it sounds like you've been pretty rough on a lot of you and you're still here yeah 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 well they must be doing something right resilient bunch for sure <laughs> there, there you go but yeah so we were supposed to have a call and she just up and canceled the call again so we're supposed to have his celebration of life um this coming weekend mm-hmm. so it's rescheduled for the weekend after that so i'm okay. interested to see if we actually have this call or not okay yeah, yeah. no that's listen i there are some things that like escape my bounds of what i'm willing to believe but mm-hmm. i'm i like to feel that um, I eventually get to a place of pretty open-minded. I tease yeah. Marissa all the time, but um, there have been a few events that um, changed my posture mm-hmm. um, in regards to those things. Yeah. One, I've had a good sponsor, and my sponsor always like tells me that um, in my life I get a choice, I, and that choice is I can believe either nothing is a miracle or everything is. Yeah. And he goes, there's no penalty for believing everything is a miracle, mm-hmm. so why wouldn't you believe that there are miracles? Yeah, um, oh, for freaking sure and then um so when i told you that there there were two like very impactful like deaths people yeah the other one uh was uh my aunt Allie. she passed away when i was 12 years old uh, on valentine's day of 1994 oh god um but she was she was my godmother but she was like my person like i didn't have grandparents really like she was my person she's like she was my mom's like best buddy, but also like way older sister. She was like twelve years older than my mom, mm-hmm. so she was like a like a mom to my mom. Yeah, and then I became like her grandson. Yeah, to pick me up from the bus stop. Like, yeah, I would go food shop. Like, like 
choose my person. She got sick, she had cancer, and she ended up passing away. Um, and like my life changes because I didn't have that. Per- I feel like a lot of like little kids have that person, and we, mm-hmm. like, we didn't have money, so like my my yeah. parents were always working. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like I'm 12 years old. And I go from like always having this person to my mom being like, here's the house key. Like you yeah. got to start taking care of you because uh, we have to work. So that way there is a place for you to go home to. Right. Yeah. Um, so that that I'm sure that had like a major impact. But my Aunt Allie, um, she passed away on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saturday more like that morning, mm-hmm. I woke up. I went to go see my mom. And my mom was like, I just had the weirdest dream. Like, Ann Allie was, like, saying goodbye to me. It was so weird. She's like, I'm going to give them a call just to see how she's doing. Right. And she had passed away that night. Yep. Which is, like, really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I said, like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what all this is. Yeah. But, like, I can choose to believe what that is. But I do know that I was present for my mom telling me about the dream before we like, found out that she shoot. had passed. Uh-huh. Right. So something happened there. <clears throat> whatever. Like. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't know how it works. I have no idea how it works. All I know is that some people, however, mm-hmm. can connect to you or I, or connect to some people. I, like I said, I have no idea how it works. All I know is you talk to somebody who has those gifts, mm-hmm. you know, and you will learn something. And you will have information that you're like, holy crap, this person actually knows what they're talking about, you know, Um, it and it's crazy. Yeah, it it, it makes me like question reality a little bit. For sure. Like there's just like a thing that'll happen. And I'm like, like I said, I tease Marissa all the time. But Marissa also has like moments that she shares with me and then like things happen. And I'm like, that's kind of fucking wild. Yeah. That that all transpired. I mean, I don't. I don't know what special talents she has that are laden and special to her that I don't, I know um, I've become, I think I was completely like, um, like apathetic to the idea of spirituality before I got clean. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was, I was kind of jealous of people who had faith in something because I was like, I, it just, I couldn't get it to click. Yeah. And so like, it always felt disingenuous to believe. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that kind of changed after getting clean, um, and that's because like I was forced to develop a relationship. I mean, I guess not forced. Like nobody put a gun to my head, but uh, they're like. But you made that choice. Yes. And I mean, I think so. I had to like invest. Yes. In it. So I call it like uh, like windshield conversations with God because like that's when I that's when I do like my prayer and meditation is a lot when I'm driving and I'm by myself yeah. and like if I'm Absolutely. upset or I'm angry and like the thing that I'm yelling at is my car windshield but like yeah i believe that like there's a presence there and we're having a conversation even though it may be really fucking one-sided uh-huh. that's um, fine <laughs> that's but, that's fine that's fine but but we but we have them and um i this is a weird thing right just like a weird fucked up thing i'm just gonna marissa can validate Bring what it. i'm about to tell you so we were both looking for jobs okay. this was in like november october of 2019 Okay. So we got to rewind a little. It's like bit. two years ago. About two years ago. Okay. We're both looking for jobs. Okay. And uh, I sometimes I like to take a bath, find them very relaxing. And so I like, I went and took a bath, and I'm just like sitting there. I put like uh, noise canceling headphones on, and just like listen to music. And I come out of the bathroom, and I see Marissa. I'm like, hey, 
I'm done with the job hunt. And she goes, you're done with the job hunt. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was like, I feel like I just had one of them weird spiritual God conversations. And I was told, don't worry, something big's going to happen in April. And so mm-hmm. I'm just, I was like, I'm putting the pause because I got to find out what this big thing is. Yeah. And then COVID happened. <laughs> Ta-da! And like, everybody's world changed. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like, I mean, COVID has been an awful experience for a lot of people, right? Yeah. Uh, I'd never deny that. Right. But uh, I've been a benefactor. I would not be living in Austin if COVID if were, didn't happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. it opened up jobs that were, like, remote <laughs> jobs, um, like, things that I could apply. And, like, that led to us being here. here. Yeah. Which is, like, wild. Because, like, she still goes, like, do you remember that like when you had the bathtub talk? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember the bathtub talk. This like, is why we're here. She's like, can you imagine, like, how much has changed ever since you had the bathtub? I'm like, yeah. Fucking, like, COVID is happening. We were on a cruise ship when the world shut down. We were the second to last boat to come into harbor in Florida. We didn't know uh, that we would get back to New York. Because, like, we have no idea. How You're in home. the middle of the fucking ocean. Yeah, and, and like, the world is shutting down like around all you. the sports leagues are done. We're getting emails from our jobs that the malls are closed. Like, what is happening? And you have, like, barely any contact with oh, anyone. Yeah. We're just hearing about a lot about toilet paper. That's what we're I, hearing yes! about. Yes! Like, what the <laughs> hell? It doesn't cause you to poop more, okay? Like, what is happening here? <laughs> I don't know why people, but why that was happening. Right. I was like, buy a bidet, I, dude. It's like 30 bucks on Amazon. You're good. I'm like, it's uh, fine. <laughs> but we, so, like, we come back. And like we're watching everything unfold, and it's April. Yeah. Um. So it's like two weeks later. We got back on I think the sixteenth of March. Okay. And it was right around my dad's birthday, around like April third. Um. And we're just on the couch, and we're watching all this stuff unfold. And she goes, "The bathtub talk, like your bath, like your- like this is the thing. Yeah. This is the thing. This is this why is, you were told is to the stop. Big thing. Like, just wait. Just pause because none of it fucking matters no. anymore. No, it doesn't. And I was like, this is insane. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. Listen, it's like it's dumb sometimes, and it's wild. And um, I mean, COVID changed the the start of COVID, or I mean, even now, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I don't know because like now we're in this weird like this purgatory of up. like where don't you're even. like it just depends on like the day or the week or the treatment or the whatever that's gonna. How many people are gonna die that day? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. You don't even have to die for it to be a big deal. Anymore, no, apparently. you don't. You can't even get sick. People can't even get sick now. No, nope. it's like this huge thing. If your kid gets sick, it doesn't even have to be COVID. It's like you cannot get sick, and if you get sick. Oh my God. Yep. I'm like, what the fuck? Remember when we were kids and you had like chicken pox parties? We were parties? like encouraged to get sick. Yes. It's <laughs> like, go eat the dirt. Go wipe the snot on your friend. Yeah. yeah. Go outside. Make friends with the kids up yeah. the street because they have Char- chicken pox. Charlie's got Let's chicken pox. Let's get it pox, done with. You go get, yeah, you go get yeah. you some chicken we pox. We had like six people at our house when we had chicken pox. And listen, like people, I'm, I'm like, sure there on. are kids that die from chicken pox. There are. But But we kids, still went, go and do it. <laughs> yeah. Kids get chicken pox because it, chicken pox for adults is really bad. It's called shingles and it's a hard No, that's after you have. <laughs> yeah. I, and I freaking just had a thing of shingles on my leg. Really? Thank you for I have stress. scars here. Do you? I, I just so, have a scar right there. Um, last stress is awesome. April, May-ish of 2020. So over a year after ago. After your ba- bathtub talk. After my bathtub talk. But in the midst in, in of, the midst of COVID, yeah. I got shingles. And yeah, that sucks. Like, I don't want to, right? Like, I didn't want to go to the chiropractor when my back hurt. I certainly don't want to go to a doctor for anything. And so no. Marissa's like, Marissa had shingles. Mm-hmm. And she was like, 
when I started to like feel pain, uh-huh. but there was nothing there, yeah. she goes, you should Ooh. probably go to the doctor. And I'm like, it's fucking COVID, dude. I'm not going. I'm not going. <laughs> I was like, dude, I wouldn't normally go to a doctor. Like, right. unless something is bleeding out of a place that it's not supposed to bleed out of. <laughs> like, I'm not going to Even the then, I'd be like, how yeah. long should this go on before I seek medical Yeah, attention? yeah, seriously. Like, I, you know, I have to I'm be, like, uh, you know, at the gates, right? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. Store. I'm right uh, there with so, you. So I avoided it at all costs. Eventually, she convinces me to go yeah i got like the first like rash Uh like actually like and i was like fuck so i i go to the dermatologist and the guy's like yeah you definitely have shingles Mm -hmm. and he told me two things about shingles he goes we don't know if there's a correlation between covid oh fuck Um, of course of course they say that well then now there's been peer-reviewed studies that show that there is a correlation between in men i don't know why but whatever um but he goes, if you would have come to me like four days ago, yeah. this outbreak would be a lot less severe. Yes. He you goes, get it I'm still going to give you, yeah, he's like, I'm still gonna give you an antiviral. Yep. Um, but have a nice pro- day. Yeah, it's Let probably it run not its course. Gonna, You're yep, going to see you in three weeks. Yeah. Yep. And just try and survive it. Uh huh. And I survived it. And it was her mm, like the ever loving Dickens. Yeah. Yeah. It was like. Oh, on your I was page. so so bad. I, yeah. It looks like a mutant was growing out of yeah. me. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. It's yep, gross. I lived on a couch. Um, Marissa stayed in the bedroom for the most part, and yeah. I was just like, you get like chills because yeah. like you can't have anything touch it, no. but uh, because nothing is soft enough to touch that area. But then you're freezing. Yeah. At the same time, uh, yeah, it was it was, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I yeah, I was just like it was just like a little. I should give. Spot. I should get that vaccine. I heard that they got a shingles vaccine. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to go down that road? We can. We do you want to go down do that? You, I feel like you're. Yeah. Oh, see, he's fucking over there. Yeah, I know. We have an audience today. I know. Um, and oh I, I think God, he would God. like to. I, I think see, he would like you're... to hear some thoughts. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not an anti. I, so I I got vaccinated yeah. the COVID one, yeah. and um, I was certainly resistant. Yeah. I'm resistant to. I mean, I just told like right. I I don't. No. I don't want anything being like put in my body that I'm not aware. Like, I'll, listen, I'll have like vitamins in food, and I'm sure they have awful chemicals, and I'm just unaware. But I had I'm Wendy's okay. before I came if here. You could okay, put so... the COVID vaccine in a cheeseburger. I'd probably do it without. And just don't tell me it's there. Just like you don't right. tell me about all the chemicals, and I yeah. would be perfectly okay, and mm-hmm. I would move forward. Yeah. Um, but I don't like. Uh, I just like going and get it was so I felt like I was in a movie. It was at like the gymnasium mm-hmm. of the community college. And like I had a, a wait on this line. Meat auction. It Cattle was auction. So put everybody on the trailer. It was shoot so, them up, auction so, them off. It was so see weird. See what you got. Yeah, like it was so it was so wild. I have um, encouragement by your <laughs> No, buddy. that's okay. Please. Please <laughs> say whatever you want here. Um Marissa had encouraged me to do it because she knew we were going to be driving across the country. We yep. were going to be around her parents because yep. they were driving across the country with yep. us. Um, and uh, I usually, almost always, will debate. And I just didn't. I was, already, I was already asking her to move across the country. So I was like, okay, I'll just, I'm going to okay. go and do it. Yeah. And I got it. And um, yeah. it was weird, by the way. Like I said, 50 to 110. So <laughs> sorry for whoever is influenced. <laughs> I had a migraine after the second shot for about three weeks. It was awful. Mm-hmm. I don't look forward to getting a booster and may actually not end up doing that. So, um, but I know you have thoughts. I do you have, have thoughts. You have, you have vaccine thoughts, I Dr. Have, Ashley. I, okay. okay. Preface this. Uh, preface. Loud okay, and clear. Preface. 
I um, am not an anti-vaxxer. Not. Okay. Um, I am not a conspiracy person. Whatever. Oh, I, I refer okay. to them now as Mark and non-theories. Like whenever I come up with a wall, like there was Q and now there's me. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you're not, you're not a Q and on. Uh, uh, no, I'm okay, not. Okay. I'm not that. Okay. okay. I, I, I that takes too much brain power, and really, I I just don't care that much to be very sure. to be very honest. Okay. Um, I was pre-med in college. My I always knew I wanted to go into medicine. Always. I mean, and we just no, heard you, you're said, reading MRIs medicine, and doing all this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say chiropractic because those people were a bunch of quacks. Okay. Are you a quack? Walks like a duck, like, quacks <laughs> like a duck. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, sorry for all the chiropractors out there. That was expensive. Um, so my, my mentor was a plastic surgeon and I wanted to be a plastic surgeon in the worst way. In fact, if I had it, my life to go over and do back again. Mm-hmm. Do, go, you would get rid of my second chin then? Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to do that for oh, that's you. Great. Yeah, Man, can we but I, I right. would, I would have more confidence in myself to go and do that because being in an OR and cutting and pasting and having an impact on people's lives, doing like reconstruction, is flipping amazing, amazing. What if they threw up? Well, then I'd be screwed. But that's usually oh, in recovery. That's ones. usually in recovery, so it would be fine. You know, um, I'd be gone by then. They would be asleep. You know, I'd be like, oh, hey, the, the the doc who's like my second father and my mentor was a plastic surgeon. And I worked with him from when I was in high school, all through college. I mean, that is what I wanted to do. I was going to move and take over his practice. You know, I was going to work with him and then he was going to retire and I was going to take over his practice. And that's how it's going to be. You know, so I am there is a 100 percent a place for medicine you know, please pull that clot out of my dad's brain. Okay, please give me those antibiotics when I'm on my deathbed. Please shock the heart and bring that. Like, I am not anti-medical at all. Okay, there is a time and a place for medical intervention. Okay, sure. do I think that most of our doctors right now are healthcare practitioners? No, they are sick care practitioners. They do not teach people how to be healthy, okay? They give people a pill or something when they are sick, okay? And rather than addressing people's lifestyle choices um, and saying, hey, 300-pound individual with diabetes and cholesterol issues, here's a medicine for your cholesterol, here's a medicine for your blood pressure, now that person, quote, thinks they are, quote, healthy. You're not, okay? You're, you're not. Yep. Um, so, I listened to a very popular podcast, and the person who has that podcast um, <laughs> <laughs> speaks a lot about, um, well, if you have, if, um, if there is something that is killing people, and um, the way that it kills is by putting an emphasis on their comorbidities, why have we not spoken about how to remove comorbidities? comorbidities because that's not the kind of world we live in. People are driven by instant gratification and people are driven by immediate results. So, you know, why would I eat more salads when I can take this pill every day and I don't have to do anything else? I don't have to change my life or inconvenience my life in any way. So when, when COVID came in, right? Just swooped in. Just swooped in. 
Can um, I can I ask questions about that before we yeah, yeah. get? And I yeah yeah I'll so, do my best. Uh, like what about like for your practice? Like how did it impact it? So it was interesting because <clears throat> when it first started, like no one knew anything about it. I mean, we knew the same amount as you guys did. Um, there was a girl. We're right next to a dentist office, and I saw a girl, a receptionist there that morning, and um, I was getting ready to go to lunch or come back from lunch coming back from lunch and she was leaving and she's like, Hey, you know, I'm glad I saw you just so that, you know, they're sending me home because I have a fever and they want me to try to figure out how to go get tested for COVID. Well, at that point that was middle of March and everybody thought that if you got COVID, you were going to die. And it was spread. If, if someone touched this table, if anything that touched that table was going to get COVID and die. Right. And that's what was thought. So I go and tell Dr. Ditto, you know, my boss. And uh, I'm like, Hey, I treated this girl you know, I mean, we were cleaning tables and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I said, but what do you want me to do? Like, what do you, because I saw her, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, am I, I got COVID and I'm going to give it to everybody that's coming this up because no one knew. Yep. So we closed. Well, and then just by you guys having a conversation now, he's, he's got to have it if you got it. Uh, right. Yeah. So now everybody who's come in there is now infected with COVID. Not, not really people. Not really. <laughs> Uh, 50 to 100 secret uh you can't get covid by touching a tabletop okay um just so you know you don't need to wear the gloves hashtag science Um, yeah uh we could use that in so many ways coming up um so we actually closed the office um for two weeks we called every patient um the girls the i say the girls i i get shit about saying that but uh the girls who run our office and make it so successful um, called everybody on the schedule for the next two weeks and were like, hey, we're closed for the next two weeks. Okay, that, that's it. Everybody, no one else is coming in today. No one is coming in tomorrow. We are done for two weeks. Um, and that was very odd because then I became a stay-at-home mom, which was weird, right? It was kind of cool, um, but I did learn that I did not want to be a stay-at-home mom, but I did learn that I wanted to work less. Okay. Okay. That's Which good. I think it did that for a whole lot of people. Your whole priorities of what your life is yeah. changes. <clears throat> Our audience member and I just had a conversation. It may have been this morning. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They had, I confused times. Um, like I've been working remote for so long now. Like yeah. there are things about like being around people in person. Like yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. 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 But the benefits of working remote mm-hmm. far outweigh going into an office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like I don't know where the happy medium lies because yep. I obviously I like being around people and like collaborating and talking to people. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's nice to not spend two hours of my everyday commuting. It's, um, it's it, nice it's to not like rush, like yeah. my lunch. Like if you have the capacity to do a job remotely, I don't know exactly what the world benefits from it and i i sometimes i feel like um like you can't take like you can't put the genie back in the bottle after you like take it out like you can't show people what it looks like and then be like go back to the way way it was without a lot of resistance Uh yep Um, it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be very interesting um because it it changed so much when we went back our um the chiropractic board said you know, you can see emergency patients only. So basically, if you are going to keep somebody out of a doctor's office or a hospital, you can see those people, right? So all through the month of April, 
Dr. Ditto worked two hours in the morning and I worked two hours in the afternoon. So we had two weeks off and then we each worked two hours a day for the next month. And it was crazy. We saw in the entire month of April, uh, we saw what we see in a week normally. So it, it was crazy. But, you know, we were going to work. He, he still wears shorts in the office. That came from COVID. <laughs> you know, he's like, no one cares what you wear to your office. You know, um, I don't wear shorts because I don't, I don't know. I think that's a little, I don't know. But he's a dude. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Sure. You know, but it, it definitely made a lot more relaxed atmosphere in the office. And it's like, hey, you know how it is. We're family there. Yep. You know, oh, you- we, we love your practice. Like, I'm not going to name your practice to yeah, protect yeah. your practice. But Marissa and I are, like, astonished at how warm and welcome it is, it is to be. Like, you, um, it, it feels like, like You're cheers walking- from the 80s. It like, is. Like, people. We joke yeah, about Everybody that. knows my name when everybody. I walk in. Yep. They say hi. Yep. They, they don't, well, like, the amazing part. I don't know what weird like Lucky Charm Kool Aid you're feeding them, but like <laughs> it it never feels disingenuous. They no. seem like uh, maybe you just did a really good job at staffing good humans, um, but we they try. Yeah, they seem like genuinely caring. Like, yeah, and they're just yeah. like the like everybody knows your name. Yeah, they say hi. They were they're attentive to what you uh-huh. talked about the last time yeah. that you spoke. To, like yeah. it is bananas never been in a like a medical practice that was that, that warm yeah and dr didn't both both feel that same way it's like if i wouldn't do it to my mom my sister my brother my dad my grandparent i'm not gonna do it to you you know you everyone deserves the same level of care that you would want for yourself and i think that a lot of time that gets lost in the medical community um, because I think that there's a lot of things that it, it's not like that. It, yeah. It's not like that. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say every one of my patients, but probably 98% of my patients, I know who they are, mostly about what they do, what's going on in their family, if they're going on vacation, what's up with their kids. My measure of special just deteriorated quite a <laughs> bit, Dr. Ashley. Damn. But you're special to me. <laughs> you, I know that sounds weird, well, now but you, you are special first, to me. First time podcaster, you know? Well, yeah, but no, that the reason why you're special to me, I'll tell you why, is why like you really clicked for me is because of, when you sent me that first podcast, when I was like, hey, you do a podcast, and you sent me that first podcast, and I listened to it, which you were... I don't know if you were like amazed that I listened to it. You were kind I of was. shocked. Yeah. Yeah. You were but, like, but well, you listened to it. And I was like, well, I asked you to send it to me. So yeah, a lot of people do that. And then they go, not- Oh dude, you know, like I totally forgot, man. Like I was definitely going to do it. The next time I have a very long road trip though, I trust me, I'm going to listen. to. It. <laughs> well, I haven't listened to all of them, no, but no, I no, probably that's, listened that's to probably six or seven. That's pretty at good. This, There's only point. like 22 of them. Oh, so see, there we go. See, yeah, I'm on a roll. That, yeah, I'm on a roll. Good job. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you you were you had done one about recovery, and I thanked you, and yeah. I told you that I was proud of you. Yes, you did. As weird as that. <clears throat> yeah, that's a, that's a weird be. thing for people. It's not. I mean, it's not weird to me. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, I think sometimes it's it's a good reminder because I, it's weird. Like when you're in recovery for a while, um, sometimes it it becomes very easy for people to forget that that is part of your everyday. Oh God. Um, so, and people don't like, people are very hesitant to like talk about things or like bring it up or like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm not ashamed of it. 
so I talk about it. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have very strong feelings about the shame that can come from it or any stigma that's attached to it. And um, I openly choose maybe to my own detriment to not allow that to affect um, how I am with other people or what I choose to share. It it puts up a wall. Like if I don't talk to people about it, then the measure in which I'm willing to let you know me is quite small. Yeah. You know, like if I can't talk about that thing, then I'm, we're not going to talk and have a relationship. And especially that's a huge part of who you are and how you became who you are now. You know, I mean, those kind of experiences shape you, you know, and the idea of life is to always be growing and learning and changing and developing and know better, do better. Even as an adult, which I think too often adults forget that like the development doesn't have to stop just because no. like i don't i don't know like maybe it's like mary maybe it's kids maybe it's being a professional i have no way you make enough money i don't i don't know i've never made that much money to <laughs> where i went well the development needs <laughs> yeah, to stop so like, yeah oh. we did good enough um let's <laughs> let's stop moving forward let me know when you get there yeah okay? I, well, oh right. sure you can sure. have like an we'll, island we'll or something when celebrate. you get there yeah okay. maybe that oh, would yeah. be in the mark island uh, <laughs> <Mark> Island. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, uh, Johnny Rangs, right? <laughs> John, hey, I was just thinking when you said Mark Island, my dad, my dad made this little flag um, for Case's sandbox, and he—I don't know how the hell he had this printed or whatever. It says something in Latin on it, something about Republic of Gooby, because we <laughs> called my son Goobs forever, because he was just such a cute little goob. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it says like Republic of Gooby, and there is a, he did this diaper, like printed on this flag, and a pacifier, which we called a sucky thing. And in Latin, it says, don't poop in the sandbox. And he made this flag <laughs> for my son's sandbox. So when you said Mark Island, I was like, oh my God, I have the perfect flag. It's going to say, don't poop in my sandbox. That would be, can we, can that be like the island's motto? Yes. Like, yes don't poop in my sandbox. Don't poop in my sandbox. <laughs> I mean, that's even great as a metaphor. It is. That's what I was thinking. I was like, this is going to be All great. Right, you want to know what? I'm starting to appreciate him even more. Right? Uh, that, yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um, does that, is that tough for you with your son and not having, like you probably wanted him to know him for the next 30 years oh, of his life? Absolutely. Can I tell you, um, as a person who lost um, his grandparents when he was really little, yeah, uh, one one benefit of losing uh, a grandparent when you're little, okay, um, the one benefit is uh, they get to forever be like a superhero in your mind because yeah. all you ever get is the stories of them, yep. and the stories are always good stories. Yeah. Like um, my mom, my dad's mom, uh, which is Grandma Ruth. Okay. Um, she passed away like six months after I was born. Seven months, nine months, I think my dad said. Nine months. Um, but like all I kn- like, she was my dad's favorite person. That yeah. wasn't my mom. Yeah. And uh, so all I've ever heard are like, so I have built her mm-hmm. to be this like. I'm glad that I never need to know her bad days. And I, <laughs> and I say I, I, I say that in all seriousness because because Aunt Allie. Yeah. Um, I still got to be around her as she got sick. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. she was sick, sometimes she was short-tempered. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the memories I remember are not the good memories. Yeah. Um, so li- listen, is it better to have the person? Do I wish I... Yes. Of course. Uh, it of would course. be great. But um, you have the responsibility of shaping who he is to your son. Yeah. Which can be really, really cool and special. So the crazy thing 
not crazy. Interesting. I don't know. My my dad growing, growing up, he always built stuff with us, right? We were always going to Home Depot. We were always doing projects. We were always Your husband is doing projects in his honor now? Is that what is that what I heard? Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, my husband is super handy. My dad had got this he My dad can fix anything. Anything. Okay, electrical. Can he, can he fix a Tesla that's stuck in Virginia? Probably. I called them. Okay, legit probably. <laughs> okay. okay, like dead serious. If, and if he can't, he will figure out how to in a very obscure way and he will do it. Okay, and that's like part of um, like the challenge for him is figuring out how to do it and then doing it completely on his own. Okay, but um, so we always did projects growing up. My dad and my husband, my dad found this welder. He and my husband, Todd, have been talking about welders and learning to weld better and blah, blah, blah. Well, my dad finds this welder on the side of the road in Florida and picks it up. Well, it doesn't weld worth a shit. When you were saying welder, I thought you meant a person for a no, while. No, no. I was like, welder, wow, they just like picked this guy like up the machine. off the side of the road. Okay, okay. <laughs> so now I know like these welder terms, but I don't really know what they mean. So I don't, I don't know if it was a TIG or a MIG. Okay, okay. but I, I don't know that. Anyway, it Weld, didn't work. Welding machine. Got so it. my dad fixes, quote, fixes this welder. My dad... <laughs> Things that it's fixed wonderfully and perfectly. My husband's like, that can't weld worth a shit. <laughs> so my <laughs> husband um, now has some other welders, um, five, but that's fine. <laughs> um, and he's taking a welding class, like in my dad's honor, um, to learn how to better weld. But just in case you're listening, we don't need five welders. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I'm, I'm totally kidding, babe, just so you know. Um <laughs> Yeah. Um, so you're saying he can have at least seven welders. No, no more welders. I told him you cannot have any more welders until you sell some of the welders that you have. Okay. That, that is the I wonder world. why somebody would have five. Does each serve a very special purpose in no. welding? No. Uh, my husband is all about the deal. Oh, okay. okay. All about the deal. So in the middle of the night when he can't sleep, he searches like government auctions. And all oh, that's right. You were telling me about yes, this. Yes. He so is all about. He is all about the deal. And he, it might take him a really long time, but he will find you deals. So Does he, he have like relatives that only went to, um, you know, the Jewish temple on high holidays? <laughs> I, I don't know. He might. He might. We're known to search for a deal. So, so he found these three <laughs> welders from like this, uh, like ag department at a high school all the welders work. He called up the ag teacher and talked to him about the welders before he bid on these welders. And he bought these welders for super cheap. And one welder is worth more than he bought all three for. So he's going to sell, hopefully, these other welders. Are, is a welder big? Um, my The one that my dad ha has or, or had now that we have mm -hmm. um, is is like, I don't like a dorm refrigerator. Like okay, maybe like a little pretty, bit bigger. Big. Okay, that's pretty um, big. Some of the ones that my my husband has, they're smaller than that. Okay. They're like, I don't, I like don't know. Like a toaster, they're, a microwave? Maybe like a microwave. Yeah, okay. like a microwave. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <coughs> so I don't know so, how, what we're talking about. This is why I needed the paper, but I haven't been running anything. I know, down. I know. The first <laughs> podcast guest ever to ask for a pen and paper oh, so we can I know what we're talking about. Oh, okay. Keeping the memory of my dad alive with yes, my son. Yes, So Through welding. Through Not through <laughs> welding, but my dad would do projects with Case. So the Wednesday um, before I took my, before he had the stroke, um, they went to Home Depot because he and Case were starting to do like little projects together and um, he would give Case a hammer and, you know, some 
Case knows like screwdrivers and wrenches. He calls them pinchers and all this kind of stuff. And they were looking for, um, they make like little kids uh, Home Depot aprons, like work aprons. So they were looking for- I mean, he's little though. Yeah, he's three. Well, he's almost three. He'll be three on the 20th. So he's two. Yeah. 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 But he he needs a work apron. I certainly wasn't working around with like a Home Depot bib. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) My dad is the opposite of handy. Never had, my mom is- not handy sorry mom but what my mom is is willing to try so my dad is scared that he could he must have had a traumatic event where he broke something and somebody never let him live it down Uh because he will not touch anything that he doesn't like know Mm. very specifically which doesn't work well as the world around you continues to change yeah um yeah poor guy lots of trauma in there but my mom is uh, investigative so yeah. she will um she will try to do things my mom's willing to fail oh, so see, kudos to her yeah my dad he's just like well it's broken so let's take it apart figure out how it works and then fix it yeah that's how i am so that's my that's how it is life. so it, it gets a lot worse before it gets better but then yeah. it gets better and fixed Oh, I don't always get to the, <laughs> the better, fixing better part. and fix. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I sure give it my best college try. Um, <laughs> it's tough to put things back together. Uh, Marissa is a, um, she likes to try also. Oh, but Marissa, I, t- I tease her all the time because they say you're going to marry your mother. Like that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. she gives that a run for its money. Um, yeah, she is. Much like my mom, like I told you, my mom will dive in. Mm-hmm. My mom gets to like the point where she's figured out how to do it. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, fuck it. I don't need to, to, to do actually do it more. <laughs> right. So now I figured like it out. It's wall fine. that's like half stenciled. Because oh. she figured out stenciling. And then she was like, meh, bored. I'm done. That's fine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Marissa is the queen of like. Partial projects. Partial projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's just her jam. It's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. She has a. We don't have it. At, well, I think we have it at her parents' house. She bought like she grabs like garbage off the side of the road, mm-hmm. and she thought she turned into like a desk or of, something. I don't okay. know whatever. The like fuck she's gonna she refinish it and paint yes. it and all that. Yes. Uh-huh. yes, took it all apart. A year, mm-hmm. a year, and then she tells me I finally finished <laughs> staining and painting it, and I'm like, okay, so like, what's next? She goes, I just have to put the legs on, and I'm like, all right, okay. so like that should take you it's like what four like, screws? Yeah, yeah, like what's the big? And she goes, eh. I'll get through it. So a month goes by. It's four screws. I'd be like, this is so close. <laughs> yes. Like no, it's going to torture me that just needs the legs on. She has like, I think she gets like anxiety for completion. Like, huh. so because like nobody can judge how it came out until it's it, done. Uh, so I just randomly knock on our old neighbor's door because he just like loved to help whenever he could yeah. help. And like, I don't want anybody to ever help me do anything. But I was like, here's here's my chance. Yeah. Marissa's thing can be finished and this guy can help. Uh-huh. So he just like comes into the apartment. I get him all the pieces. Marissa's there. He's got like his power drill and he's just like, <laughs> and puts it together. Why like, didn't you just like, put the legs on? Oh no 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 her project and I needed to give I needed to give I, I needed to give the other guy a thing like I need if I didn't give if I didn't give Rob a task he would come looking at me for a task so instead I gave him Marissa's task like if I was just outside just like hanging out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know wash my car changing something on the car whatever you know God okay. bless him he would always want to help. 
Okay. Is he old? But I don't, yes. Okay. But I don't like help. I like, that's like my Zen space. Like, just leave me alone. To wash gotta, my car. Yeah, yeah. To do whatever I'm doing. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm a loner. You don't work well in groups. <laughs> no, no, no. Did you, like, do all of the group project? No, I, <laughs> I did none of the group projects. Oh, see, I did all I of was, the group projects. I was really good yeah. at getting other people to do <laughs> That would have been me. That yeah. was, yeah. yeah Workhorse <laughs> Ashley right here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That, uh-huh. that wasn't, I just t- did what I do now. I talk a lot. Okay. I talk till the project's over and then I go, oh. Hey, and it's like, done. And people are deluded into thinking that, that I did, did something. Some, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. I just encourage them. Good job. Yeah. That's, uh, that's all <laughs> that I needed. Just somebody show up and tell me I'm doing great. I'll get us the A. It's See, not going to be anybody else's fault. It's better yeah. than you like giving me responsibility that I wouldn't uphold, right? Like, yeah, because then you would be pissed because you'd be like, "Well, I would have fucking did." What the hell? Did. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. yes, that's it. Why so, do we not have a good grade on this project? So because you sucked I'm it like up. I'm like a life delegate. No, like I just walk. <laughs> I'm giving other people things to do, and then like when I'm gonna do something, it's mine. I don't like. Uh-huh. I'm impossible to buy gifts for. God, my husband's the same way. You guys suck. And that's because suck. I don't wait. It's horrible. I identify the thing that I want. I don't shop. And you shop. buy it. I buy. That's it. That's bullshit. Um, yeah, exactly. Bullshit. Um, I also don't believe in holidays. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Like so, Halloween? Like any uh, Okay, Halloween. so you don't need to believe in Halloween. You just have to like dressing up and trick-or-treating well, and seeing kids like, in cute costumes. Definitely okay, that's don't like it. any of the things that you just said. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's not the, the kind of thing I look forward to. Oh, but, shoot. Well, I hope you're coming to the office like, on Halloween. Oh, it's Halloween's on. We'll have to do it on a Friday. Okay. I don't know. Okay. So, like, uh, maybe it's because I'm Jewish. I don't know. But we, we didn't we didn't do, we didn't really do holidays. Like, I think my mom tried when we were younger, but, like. Like, what do you mean do holidays? Well, what, is, what does that to, even mean? Well, like, you, if you're, like, poor people. You have to be able to like. I grew up with a single mom. We stayed at my grandmother's house a lot of times because we didn't have electricity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. but we still did holidays. Wait, wait, so let, I don't even know what this finish. means. Okay, okay. So, all right. So, um, December isn't always the month where my parents could afford gifts. Right. So we have basically turned holidays into like when you can do something, you do it. Okay. You can show appreciation. Any day. Yeah, like, for sure. We'll, we'll do something nice. I'll do something nice for my mom. I'll buy her gifts. I'll just send it to her. It doesn't have to be Mother's Day. Right. For me to show. So yeah. I've, I've become like this person that is like opposed to having to need a special day to celebrate and appreciate You don't something. like the obligatory holiday. Exactly. I want any day to be a holiday. I want to be able to appreciate <clears throat> you just because like you're one of my people and I love you. And, yeah. and not because like, oh, you I have this, to. now I have to wait seven weeks to give you this thing that I thought like you would really love because like, I don't know, um, what's that place that made Hallmark says so? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like the Senate passed a bill that said that this was Fair. a new holiday. So, <laughs> so I don't do it. Okay. Um, but you don't want to have fun with everybody else who is doing it? Well, a, a lot of people think holidays are like a good time to like party and drink and I don't party or drink. Well, I don't, I don't drink. I mean, I just, don't, I don't have that gene. Well, okay. That gene <clears throat> swims like fish through my genetics, but I just don't have it. Well, but so I, I had a conversation with somebody about this yesterday. There's a difference between choosing not to drink and knowing that you can't. Oh. I'm always on guard because I know like what it would mean 
if I did just like have a, like a moment of poor judgment. Got Whereas if you it. have a moment of poor judgment, you wake up the next day and you're just like, I had a moment of poor judgment. Right. I have to like that reevaluate changes the course. my life. Yeah. Oh, God, so, like, I got it, got like, it, got it. I never I really thought about it. And like I don't that. like sit around like watching other people drink being like, oh man, like what I would give. Like I, I don't, I, luckily at this point, I don't oh, feel that good. way. Yeah. But there's always like a bit of a guard that's up. Like, am I going to pick up the wrong glass? Uh, what like what am I about Got to do? So I, I have to be very observant of my environment when I'm in that environment. Got it. Just, like we went to Christmas with Marissa's family. Like yeah. I do holidays with her. Right? I've like, heard about I, I don't some of upset. Marissa's family. So yes. I... so uh, that like one girl was just passing around pop brownies, but I didn't expect that when they were like brownies. Yeah. See, I've never. So that's when they put. I know like, what a... that is. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, but like I. So there was like, a, I'm like, why would you do that at a party? Well, like, exactly, so it doesn't like even, right? Like there's little why kids Why would here. you do that? So somebody offers me a brownie. Oh no. I'm like, oh, this is, this is good. And then she goes, oh, it's the special kind. I'm like, thank fucking God. Somebody, Cause I was just thinking I was having a, a Christmas. Break. So I always have to like be somewhat guarded in those situations. God. So I can never really like. Let loose. So you would need to come to like my kind of party. I would have to come like to, where to when, your when we say, party. "Hey, this is a special kind of brownie." We mean it's the gluten free brownie. Yes. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> like what, my mom's to me means less special, but that's uh, it does. It, it probably tastes a little gritty, not as good as the regular brownie. Okay, but those are the only kind of special brownies <laughs> we're gonna have is gluten free brownies because of my mom. Yeah. Like <laughs> so I don't like just not do it because like. I, it's not my thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't do it because I'm afraid of what happens if I do. <laughs> Got so, it. So like, there's a little different like perspective yeah, when, when you're is. in that environment. So yeah, like I'm. It's not my happiest time. Like yeah, I yeah. do it. Plus, I like having conversation. Yeah. And if I'm around a bunch of people that are intoxicated, I can't. No. So instead, like I don't, I don't have like water co- like water cooler chats with people i don't just like hey oh. how's the weather like i don't know that's pointless. like I, I only do like if i kind of ha- like if i'm gonna go get adjusted by the chiropractor right you know if you and were if you that, were if you weren't personable then i would have just I had like, a water cooler chat yeah i'd be out of your office 20 minutes earlier like that's yeah, uh, that's yeah, yeah. what happened but like it's only if i need to right if i get right, to right. choose if i'm in like an environment where people are eating and they're celebrating like i want to be able to talk to someone and i look yeah. around and i go Yep. No. And I'm sitting there talking to the three-year-old because they're the only one that's not drunk. Yeah. Um, see, I don't. <laughs> see, I think that when you're in college, like do that in college. Oh no. You know what no. I mean? The but ones the that we fact go to that and- <laughs> that adults like still do that, like I don't understand that. So in in the chiropractic world, there there's these big seminars that get held, and one of them is is Parker, is the school that holds this gigantic seminar every year, and it's like chiropractors are supposed to be these people of like health and wellness. Okay. It's a weekend where everybody goes there to get absolutely and utterly shit faced. Okay. It's like what happens at the seminar stays at the seminar. I'm like, are you crazy? Like y'all are adults. You are grown people. (laughs) This is what you do in college. Why, what do you have? What is your life like that? That is what, that's that quite, is yes. what you need to to do. You know, like, I'm like how much do you I not don't like understand how you're living that you need an escape like this. Like a like I mean, and that's like a <laughs> I, I I don't even know what that's in it. I mean, that's like a totally different being escape. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like 
Are you so different than who you are on the inside on a daily basis that this is what you have to do to become who you really are? Maybe. Is what it feels like to or me. Or like, do you feel like you're so, bearing like the weight of the world every day? Or are you, yeah. are you miserable in your yeah. like everyday life that like you're just, <clears throat> I this just, is your. I just don't, <clears throat> I just don't get it. You know I mean? I. You're very lucky because I don't think <laughs> yeah. people get it. I mean, I mean, I mean, even in college, you know, I had my days. I mean, I could probably count on two hands how many times I've actually been like shit face drunk, but I was the one that took care of everybody else who was shit face drunk, you know? So, and, and part of that was because my bio dad was a significant alcoholic. My mm. aunt was a significant alcoholic. So I know how to take care of drunk people. Right. So I was always comfortable in that role. Right. So even when I started dating, I dated alcoholics because they needed me mm-hmm. and I was secure in that relationship. They weren't going to ever leave me yep. because I took care of them. You liked being needed. I, I liked <laughs> knowing that I had the upper hand. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, and it, it took me a while. It took me a bit to figure that out. And then when I figured that out and I started dating and I wanted to date people who weren't alcoholics, um, <laughs> Actually, the first several I did dates. the same thing just with mental health, <laughs> yeah. in case you're curious. Yeah, um, I would go on a date and I would say, hey, I don't do drunk, okay? So if you're going to drink and get drunk, know that I am not going to take care of you. I am not going to take your shoes off. I'm not going to take your clothes off. I'm not going to put you in the shower. I am not going to clean up your vomit. I'm not going to drive you home. Like, I don't do drunk. And sometimes that would get me a second date. Sometimes that would absolutely not even get me the rest of the dinner. Marissa's you know, and that's totally fine. Like men, like mentally, emotionally, spiritual, healthy person I ever dated. Now, yeah. I've, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. For me, after the my previous relationship mm-hmm. and my history, right? Because I have um, enough experience that shows that like uh, there were certain things that I catered to. Um, <clears throat> I went. I am not interested in dating someone who needs medication for their mental health. I'm glad that people need it and they can take yeah. it and do it. I don't, that's fine. I'm like, right. God bless. Like, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I have plenty of friends who do. Right. I can't be in a romantic relationship with someone who does because I'm not very good um, with people's highs and lows. Right. And I turn into a caregiver and I don't want to be a caregiver anymore. Yep. Like I, I'll yeah. be a caregiver to Marissa if God forbid something Hap- horrific happens right, and for I sure. had to. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I don't want to enter our contract <clears throat> with that knowledge because I know where I go. I go to I just I turn into like dad almost. Like I yeah. just turn into this person who's basically there. You just have a codependent like, relationship, yeah. not a healthy yeah. two way relationship. So, that was really hard for me. I'm sure that was really hard for you to be in my first relationship where my the partner wasn't like that because I didn't know what my role was yeah you know and I was kind of like uh you know do you still like (laughs) want me around you you know do you still need me yeah you know to be there and then it it kind of transformed into okay you don't you shouldn't be with someone who needs you you should be with someone who wants to be with you yeah and you should be who some with someone who you want to be with I found it like really empowering, probably a little too empowering in the beginning. Um, I didn't know exactly what to do with myself. Yeah. Um, for sure. Because it, it, it was weird and it felt weird. And, um, it was odd. <clears throat> yeah. And I was, 
Um, I was also like, oh, well, since since you don't need me, then yeah. like you can get bent a lot because <laughs> like I ain't offering any. Like I had to like learn yeah. <laughs> how to be a good partner, right? Because all I right. knew how to do was be a good caretaker, right? Um, and I didn't know how to be a good partner. Yeah. Uh, so well, uh, I tell her all the time, she is the benefactor of my past misgivings. Yeah, I've uh, heard you say that on one of yeah. the other podcasts. I thought that was a really good representation yeah like i am very consciously aware of how i have treated people like good or bad right i know when i start overstepping the bounds of caretaker in our relationship and i know when to like pull myself back and i go nope she can handle this on her own because she has to yeah because i'm not doing this yeah the next person i'll do this for is chicken and then (laughs) will be a child Uh, and even or a dog maybe a dog maybe a dog but that's when we have a house okay Um, all right that's what i told her you need a yard um and then we have to hire someone that picks up poop because i'm not doing it (laughs) so Um, you have a child okay that's different that's not dog poop that's baby no no no. i said that's why you have a child is that why you have kids yeah yeah (laughs) he helps me point the he mom we need to pick up bear's poop he helps me find the poop. Not in his sandbox, though. Not in. He doesn't bear, have a sandbox right now because we moved. So uh, yeah. Well, you know. We we have the stuff. area for a sandbox. We just don't have sand in it yet. Okay. Oh, that's right. You live in a fancy community. You guys are fancy. No. Yeah. We're, <laughs> no, we have like the post box or po- what is it? Post stamp backyard, whatever the hell they call those a things. Postage stamp. Backyard? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. What's that mean? It means it's is very it small. small. Oh, yeah, okay. Very small. Is the house nice? Yeah. Okay. I look forward I mean, to okay. having a house. I didn't want to before Marissa. I never like really wanted to own a home, but now yeah, I think I would. If I, I think it's Texas and these high ceilings, and I'm like, man, I could have one of them golf rooms. <laughs> like I start getting like real creative. I'll build it myself. That's yeah, why that'll be like my, I mean, like an isolation tank that is just a room you for could. me. You could. You could like put up one of those golf nets yeah. and you could have like or the, like the virtual reality yes. kind of screen so you could ah. like practice these are the things that I look forward like a detached garage that I can just turn into like my own space. Oh, see, that's what my husband wants to. Yeah, but we're not that fancy. We could we couldn't, two we couldn't buy that. Huh. You know how much debt we have? Oh, I don't know. Probably a lot. A lot. Because yeah. our debt well, even though... Try using drugs for a while. You get a lot that way too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know enough about drugs. Like I wouldn't know that that was a pot brownie, a special brownie. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, said, come I on. <laughs> I need to really enhance one my knowledge. The first uh, Christmas, one of her cousin's boyfriends, like such a sweet guy. like Marissa's super, cousin's yeah. boyfriends? boyfriends? Yes. Okay. Marissa's cousin's boyfriend. Just kept, he was, he, like, he was lit. And okay. he just kept every, like, 10 minutes when he had a new beer, mm-hmm. he would get me a beer. Oh, and Marissa no. laughed me for one hour and she came back and there's seven beers in front of me <laughs> that are just full. Oh and I'm like, God. I don't know. He just brings me another <laughs> one every time. <laughs> so I just put it down. Like, yeah, I'm know. like, no. Like he opened it. I can't do anything else oh with it. Uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's see, really that's, funny. That's what I have to look forward to. Um, yeah. <laughs> we talked about having a dry wedding and like you can't do it. We were, you want to know what we were told when we thought? Like, I never even encouraged it. I think Marissa wanted me and, like, my friends who will be there to try and be more comfortable. She was told that um, then we'll just end up with all of them in the parking lot with their own booze getting drunk. And I'm like, they could. What? Like, yeah. So if, Who said that? I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So we were told by a family member that if we decided to go that route, that we would end up with all of them in the parking lot um, drinking and getting drunk there. And those people don't think that that's a problem. No. No. Oh, see, that right there is the issue in yes, itself. Yes, right yep, there. Yeah. Because oh, if wow. you we can't... We could have another episode. Just on, <laughs> we may you, have to have another yeah. episode. We're doing so good. I know. This is the longest episode I've ever recorded. We're almost at two hours. Oh. <laughs> Do we need to stop talking? I mean, we don't have to stop talking. Well, you just it looks like you've gotten awfully comfortable, though. I am. Like, I'm not sweating line. anymore. I mean, this no, is, this no, is you're okay. you're good. We're at like yeah. an hour and 50 minutes. Look, Matthew, oh he, Matthew had a change of clothes. Like, <laughs> he doesn't know where to go. He can't get a drink out of the fridge. It's a it's a whole situation. Oh. Um, See, that's that's an issue. If, if the people that are supposed to love you the most yep. can't can't be sober for one night well, what, to yeah. support you in a, the most special day of your life other than if you have a child, yep. that's a problem. I agree Just in you. case people and aren't aware of that. If you're one of the 50 to 110, in case you're curious, that's a problem. Um, they're just big. That's sad. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's um, it's tough. I won't get too <laughs> like too deep into it, but... There are times when, um, because I have been clean for like seven and a half years and Marissa dates me, mm-hmm. that um, my experience isn't valued. It means that Marissa and I have a hypersensitivity and we're looking for the problem. So if we bring, if we bring like a That's pattern a of behavior... Yes, uh, okay. they go. Oh no, no, no! You're just too close to it. So, no. so it looks like it to you, but no. it's not. I'm That's like, not what that is. Well, I don't know. I've been, a, you know, I, if you're around enough people who die, you probably would have a sensitivity to it, right? Probably. Um, yeah. yeah, but I mean, you that that's not even. I don't even think that that's what that is. You know. So oh, I, yeah. You know my my brother. Um shit let's just call the kettle black i mean he he's an alcoholic Mm -hmm. okay um and he knows that he is an alcoholic um he is not and i don't know how correctly to say this he is not out of control Mm -hmm. okay with his drinking um so he's a functioning alcoholic yeah he's not yes in college he was not in college he was a gigantic asshole and we were not friends when he was in college he was drinking way too much he was acting exactly like my biological father, and that's what happens when my my bio dad would drink. He would just become a gigantic asshole. Um, my brother, because he's aware of that, because of my aunt and and my bio dad, he does like sober months every so often, several times a year, to make sure that it doesn't have like a control over his life and blah 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 and whatever. But just because you can do that doesn't mean you're not an alcoholic. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, <clears throat> and that label label Mm -hmm. to me doesn't hold anything more than you're a white guy you you know what i mean it just is what it is diabetic you're 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 a diabetic it is what it is you know you you got what you got and that's it so you do the best with what you can and sometimes with an identifier there's work to be done that's right yeah you know and so that's how i feel about it and he you know, like I said, he is aware of it. He knows that he very strongly carries that gene and he can feed that gene or not. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. But I mean, but that, that your family can't be 
physically and emotionally soberly present at your day yep. without alcohol, that's not a U2 sensitive. <clears throat> so I don't want you to think that, and I don't want Marissa to think that either. Well, I appreciate that. Not that my opinion means anything to anybody. but Well, it yeah. means enough. You know, so thank so, you. Thank yeah. you for your opinion. Um, we'll wrap up. Okay. Go team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want to do it. I, th- I feel like we have a lot more. Okay. To talk about. I'm not scared anymore. Uh, and I didn't even use my paper. I know. We'll, we'll save it for next time. Okay. I guarantee. Um, well, I, d- I think that like uh, the next things that I would want to talk to you about um, probably require another hour of investment of your time. So <laughs> <laughs> at a minimum. Uh, so uh, so we'll just have to have you as a returning guest. Okay. Let's do it. Um, thank you for uh, for joining today. And, You're welcome. Um, so it's a lot I, less scary than yeah, I thought. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not scary. No, um, no. And I think uh, I usually try and put like a bow on things, but I think would uh, I think it's just like really important to like listen to somebody share what it feels like to go through like the the actual events of loss. Yeah. Um, and not everybody is uh, is lucky enough to. And I don't know how your family feels about it, but being able to have you to explain to them what's not being explained to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that line between like uh, <laughs> denial and hope is uh, <clears throat> is thin and it gets like blurred out. Yeah. Um, because uh, because we all want we all want to think that that person will be OK. Right. And um that was the worst like the worst part yeah is that false sense of hope that i saw my family having yeah you know, and so. you being able to not just identify it but um i don't know make sure that they didn't have to continue to live in that space against yeah. their wishes right because right. They, they they there was no advocate for them to know more of the truth without you learning what the truth is and then yeah. making sure because they could have sat in that space for five days yep yeah. Yeah, just waiting for a result that. that everybody knew what the result would be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, do that. So yeah, I to me that's that's the takeaway. Is uh it's not I don't think that's an easy thing no. to do. Um and uh do your own research. Yeah, do your ask own, questions. Ask a lot of questions and you to can other be grumpy. other than it's your okay. doctor. It's you can okay. ask the nurse. <laughs> you can ask another doctor. You, you can, can read ask, the report. You, you can, can ask, read the report. You can That's ask right. a friend to read it for you. You can. You could probably ask like your doctor to read you it for can. you if you don't understand it. But yeah. if you have questions, ask them. Yeah. Um thank you so much for being here today. You're it was welcome. a lot of fun. My pleasure. And we're uh, we're going to do it again. I don't know when, but Sounds you good. Know, again. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Subject to Revision podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and numerous other platforms. We plan on releasing one episode per week. If you have any suggestions or questions about our podcast, please email us at subjecttorevision2020 at gmail.com. We look forward to your continued support.